I have been talking to Brother Clark Copeland a little while, and uh, when a man is in demand, sometimes you just got to settle for getting them when you can. It just happened to be in August, but we are delighted that he's here. I want you to put your hands together for this man of God as he comes to preach for us in Jesus' name. God bless you, Brother Copeland. Put your hands together all over the house and give God some praise. Come on, if he's been good, why don't you give him some real good praise this morning? Hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, why don't you open up your mouth all over the house one more time? We love you today, Jesus. We don't take it for granted for what we feel in this house. Praise you, Jesus. Well, everybody say praise the Lord. I want to very quickly, uh, before I get started today, just say what an absolute honor uh, it is to be in Spokane. Um, I've heard about this church uh, for so many years, heard about this city, um, and your great pastor and pastor's family. Um, this is my first time uh, to Spokane, and um, I love it up here. It, it has treated me so good uh, thus far. And I give honor uh, to your great pastor, Brother Mayo, Sister Mayo, the entire Mayo family. How many is thankful this morning for your pastor? Hey, ma'am. They are, as I'm sure most of you know, maybe if you're a visitor, you don't know this, but uh, they are heroes, not just to people in this building, uh, but to people all over Pentecost. Um, and I have admired uh, Brother Mayo for a long time um, as a young man growing up, and I have not gotten to be as close to him. Um, admired him from a distance, but I thank God that uh, the Lord has kind of had a way of connecting us in the last few months, and I'm so thankful uh, for good men um, and good elders in my life. And I love you, Elder Mayo. Appreciate you. Um, the hospitality, everything has been incredible. Uh, thank you for uh, everything y'all have done for me thus far. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 12 and verse number 5. Thank you for the accommodations. Um, I could go on and on, but I just know I'm humbled uh, and I'm honored to be here tonight. Acts chapter number 12 and verse number 5. Bible says, Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer, everybody say, but prayer. Something powerful, life changing about prayer. I know I'm preaching today uh, to a church that knows about prayer. You can feel it in the atmosphere. Uh, you don't get this without people that know how to pray. Bible says, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. John chapter number 17, verse number 20. John chapter 17 and verse number 20. This would be red letter in your Bible. This is Jesus speaking. It said, neither pray I for these alone. So I'm not just praying for uh, those that are present with me right now. But he said, I'm also praying uh, for anybody, anybody in the future. You could say he was praying for me and you this morning. Pray for anybody in the future which shall believe on me through their word. One more passage, Luke chapter number 16. Luke chapter number 16. This is the story about the rich man and Lazarus. And I'll just read a couple verses for the sake of time. Go to verse number 23 of Luke chapter 16. 
This is referring to the rich man after he had opportunity to get it right with God. And he did not take that opportunity. Luke chapter 16 and verse number 23 says that this man in hell lifted up his eyes being in torments. Seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Skipping down to verse number 27. Then he said, I pray. Everybody say, I pray. We read about this rich man in a place called hell. And the Bible says that in this place called hell, that he lifted up his voice and began to pray. But you notice that he was not praying for himself, but he was praying for people that were still on the earth. He was praying for people that still had an opportunity to get it right with God. He said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house because I have five brothers that he may testify unto them lest they also come into this place of torment. And I've prayed and I really have sought the Lord uh, for this service. Um, And I believe the Lord has spoken to me today. And I want to preach this morning uh, very briefly on this subject, the prayers of three worlds for you. The prayers of three worlds for you. And I wonder if right where you're at, If you lay your Bible down, would you make a point of contact with your neighbor? Maybe you could grab their hand, put your arm around their shoulder. And I'm asking you right now to lift up your voice and pray that the Holy Ghost would have its way. Come on, lift up your voice and help me pray this morning. I love you today, Holy Ghost. I feel the anointing in this place. God, I feel your power in this place. And I believe you've given me a word for somebody. I'm asking you, Lord, to anoint my feeble lips this morning. I can't do it without you today, God. I I can't do it by myself. I've got to have the help of the Holy Ghost today, Jesus. Come on, would you lift up your voice? and help me just for a moment. Come on. God may have a word for somebody you're sitting next to today. Would you pray for them? Uh, in the name of Jesus, God, we're not just here praying for ourselves, but but God, we're believing you're going to go through this house and you're going to minister to somebody that's around us. In the name of Jesus, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, all the praise, and all the honor in the name of Jesus. Why don't you put your hands together one more time to the Lord. Give God a hand clap of praise. Praise God. You may be seated this morning. Thank you for standing. It would not take you very long if you're getting in your Bible and beginning to read uh, before you discover that God loves a praying people. Uh, God cannot and will not ignore a people who know how to pray. Uh, there is nothing uh, quite like prayer, there is nothing as unique and as powerful as prayer. It's mind-boggling when you step back and you realize that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, that you have a direct line to the creator of the universe. And anything in the world you want to go to him about and talk to him about, you have access and you are able to do that. Uh, uh, There was a former FBI chief, man by the name of J. Edgar Hoover, and he made a statement one time and he said that the spectacle of a nation praying is more awe-inspiring than the explosion of an atomic bomb. He said the force of prayer is greater than any possible combination of man-made or man-controlled powers. He said because prayer is man's greatest means of tapping into the infinite resources of God. I would have to stand before you today as a young man and agree with what this man said. That I believe that there is no tool and there is no power that God has put in our hands that is quite as powerful as the ability to pray in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost, whether you realize it or not, it is the most powerful tool that we have. And we're living in a day and age in which they're trying to find shortcuts and they're 
trying to find the easy way and they're trying to cut things out. But I've come to tell you today, it still takes prayer. It still takes getting anointed. It still takes getting in the Holy Ghost. I want to tell you today that prayer is the most powerful tool. Prayer is the most powerful tool that God has given us. And uh, we're living in a day in which which, which uh, people go to pray and they're instructed that, hey, all you've got to do is uh, pray this little 10-step program. Uh, and if you'll say these certain things and you've got to articulate it the right way, uh, uh, that's the way you get the attention of God. Uh, but I want to tell you this morning, when I get in the Word of God uh, and begin to read, I find uh, that He is as close as the mention of His name. Uh, and you may be here today uh, and you may have never been in the church before. You may be here today and not know what's going on around you, but I've got to tell you, you don't have to be perfect for God to hear your prayer. You don't have to have lived a sinless life for God to hear your prayer, but all you've got to do is approach the Lord with sincerity in your heart and say, Jesus, I need some help. I'm here to testify to you. God won't leave you like he found you. Come on, give God some praise all over the house. seems that sometimes in our life, some of the most powerful prayers can be prayed when we don't feel anything. I feel like I haven't seen a, uh, it seems like many times when I've prayed and I've seen God do miracles. It's interesting to me that a lot of times I haven't felt anything while I was praying. I didn't feel an unbelievable anointing. You reach out and you pray for somebody. But can I tell you, there's something powerful about an individual who does not pray simply based on what they feel. And I tell you that if everybody only prayed when they felt like it, there's not a single person in this building who would have a daily, consistent walk with God. If you only prayed when you woke up and you was in the right mood to pray, let me tell you that uh, there's not a single person in this building today that would pray each and every day. Uh, uh, but there's something powerful about an individual uh, who gets down on their knees and they say, you know what, God, uh, even if I'm in a dry season, uh, even if I don't feel you, uh, even if I'm crying out to you, but I don't feel the Holy Ghost uh, and I don't feel the anointing, uh, I'm going to pray anyway uh, because my relationship with you, uh, it's not built upon what I can feel. Uh, it's not only built upon what you can do for me but I made a commitment that no matter what happens in my life I'm going to pray we read about a city by the name of Nineveh we read that they had an appointment with God God sent a prophet who didn't even want to preach to him God sent a prophet with a message and he didn't even want them to receive the message but he began to preach to Nineveh he said, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be destroyed. That was it, a very, very simple message. But the Bible says that this heathenistic nation who uh, really didn't even have an idea of who God was and uh, did not understand what maybe the Jewish people did to uh, get into the presence of God and maybe what their traditions were. Uh, uh, but the Bible still says that when they approached the Lord uh, and they got in sackcloth and ashes uh, and they began to fast and pray, uh, hey, I'm sure their approach to God uh, was not how other people said, this is the way uh, you get to God. Uh, I'm sure some of the Jewish people uh, would have looked at 
at the way they was approaching God and say, no, 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 that's not how you do it. But because they came to the Lord and their heart was torn and their heart was broken, God did not reject them. I'm telling you today, we're living in a world in which they say, this is how you get the attention of God. This is how you got to do it. But the Bible says the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou wilt not deny. Would you lift your hands with me this morning? Lift your hands with me right now all over the house in the name of Jesus. Seen God sometimes instantly answer prayers. I've also seen times where people pray for years and years. It takes a long time for God to answer their prayer. But Jesus said, he that asketh, receiveth. He that seeketh, findeth. And he that knocketh, the door shall be opened unto him. That E-T-H means to continually do it time and time again. Does not say he that asks one time that it's automatically going to happen. He that knocks one time, the first time they knock, it's going to be open. No. Uh, but Jesus said, he that asketh, uh, he that keeps coming day after day uh, and says, Lord, I've still got this same prayer request. Uh, he that knocks on the door uh, time and time again, uh, the Bible says, uh, the door shall be open unto him. There's no doubt in my mind that on this morning, for every single person that is in this building, that somebody is praying and has prayed for you. Said somebody is praying and has prayed for you. I believe that there are prayers of three worlds that are going on for some individuals that are in this building today. I believe that three worlds are concerned about the outcome of this service and how we handle what God wants to do in this place. I want to first and foremost tell you about this world that you and I are a part of right now, this present world. The Bible says in Acts chapter number 12 that uh, they took Peter and cast him into prison with the intention of coming and, and cutting his head off the very next day. And uh, here he is the night before, bound hand and foot in the prison. Uh, uh, but the Bible says that the church got together and began to pray. Uh, uh, let me tell you this morning that it was not a cute little five-minute prayer. Uh, they didn't get together and say, God, would you touch them and, and set them free? Uh, and they'd go about their way. Uh, but the Bible says that they begin to pray and they begin to pray. Uh, and can I tell you that they prayed until something happened. Hey, there's nothing like a church that gets together and is united in prayer. Hey, you've got to know what it is to pray by yourself. You've got to know what it is to get off in a closet alone. But there's something about when the church gets together and begins to pray. Hey, if the church in the book of Acts prayed until God answered their prayer, I believe this church right here this morning, we could pray until God answered our prayer. If they prayed a hole in the sky, my God, I wish I had somebody that believed that this morning. I believe we could pray a hole in the sky. Hey, when we pray impossible things, they become possible. When we pray, the sick are healed. Come on, does anybody believe that today? When we pray, we can touch heaven. I encourage you this morning. We've got to be a praying church. And I know this is a praying church. We can't just be a church of talent 
and ability. But we've got to be an anointed church. We've got to be an anointed church. We've got to be a church who knows what it is to get into the presence of Jesus. I believe that this is the greatest hour to be a part of the apostolic church. I believe that we are the 11th hour church. I believe that there has never been a group of people that God has had more desire to pour out his gifts upon. I believe there has never been a group of people that God has had more desire to pour out an anointing on. But let me tell you one more time, it will only happen for people who know how to pray. Think today about all the people represented in this building today. Think about how many tears have been shed by some of you for some family members that have walked away from God. Think about the prayers that have been prayed by people in this building today for a son who has walked away from God and a daughter who has walked away from God. I'm standing before you here today as a testimony of what intercession can do. I don't believe I'd be here if it wasn't for times of my daddy getting down on his knees and interceding and praying for me. And I've just come to encourage a saint of God today that you may not think your prayers are making a difference. And you may not think your prayers are having an impact. But let me preach to you this morning and tell you, you get down on your knees and you lift up their name anyway. You get down and you cry before the Lord anyway. It doesn't matter if it seems they're getting further away from God. You just keep on praying. Thank God this morning for people to know how to intercede. Think about a, a story in the Gospels. The Bible tells about the vineyard, and it was the owner of the vineyard, the keeper of the vineyard, and the owner of the vineyard would come through, and he would look at this one particular vine, and he would desire to grab fruit and, uh, for this fruit or this vine to do the one thing that it was intended to do. But time after time, as he came and desired to get fruit off of this particular vine, the Bible says that this vine was always barren. This vine never produced any fruit. Finally, the owner became so frustrated because uh, his investment was not bringing him any fruit. And uh, he went to the owner of the vineyard and he said, you know what? Uh, uh, just forget it. Just cut this branch down uh, and cast it into the fire. Uh, uh, but we read where the owner, of the, uh, uh, the keeper of the vineyard stepped in uh, just like an intercessor. Uh, and he said, I know we've tried with this one particular branch. Uh, I know I've tried doing different things. Uh, but would you not be so quick uh, just to cut it down uh, and cast it into the fire. And the Bible says because he asked that, that he was granted some more time. Hey, the spiritual message of that this morning is your prayer and your intercession might be able to give somebody else some more time. Maybe they haven't been fruitful. Maybe they haven't produced. Maybe they're not where they need to be with God. But if you would bring them before the Lord in prayer, if you'd bring them before the Lord in prayer, I'm telling you, you could be used in the ministry of an intercessor. I'm looking at some blessed people this morning. Simply because of where you're sitting. I tell you, because you're in this house, I know there's people praying for you. 
And I want to tell you that if you die and if you go to hell, can I tell you, you're going to have to go right over the prayers that people have prayed for you. If you die and you're lost and you go to hell, I've come to tell you this morning, it won't be because nobody prayed for you. It'll be in spite of those that prayed for you. Uh, uh, there's people all over this world, they don't have anybody to call out their name in prayer. Uh, they've never had anybody that's gone on their knees and wept and cried. Uh, they've never had anybody bring them before the Lord. Uh, I'm looking at some men and women. Uh, you've had parents uh, who've brought you before the Lord. Uh, you've got a pastor uh, who's called out your name in prayer. Uh, hey, let me tell you, uh, if you go to hell, uh, you're going to have to step uh, and you're going to have to crawl uh, over the prayers uh, of all the people uh, that's prayed for you. So there's prayers going on in this present world. There's prayers going on in this building of some people that are here today. And I want to ask you this morning, the prayers of, of this present world, do they have any impact on you at all? Times when people next to you lay their hands on you and they pray and they cry, let me ask you this morning, does, does it do anything to you? Does it do anything to you knowing that your parents stay up late at night crying, worried about your soul? Does it do anything to think that you've got a pastor who cares about you and who loves you and who wants to see you saved? So not only are there people in this present world that are praying for you, Jesus said, I'm not just praying for these that are right here with me, but I'm also praying for anybody in the future that shall believe on me through their world, their word. And I tell you this morning, we're not just here at another service. We're not just here just to spend some time and just to gather together and see one another, but whether you realize it or not, can I tell you that Heaven is involved in what we are doing here today. Uh, uh, God Almighty, the creator of the universe, whether you realize it or not, uh, he is tuned into this service and he's watching uh, to see what our response will be. Uh, not only that, the Bible says uh, that there is joy in the presence of the angels uh, over one sinner that repents. Uh, I believe this morning uh, that heaven is on the edge of his seat. Uh, I believe heaven is looking into this building uh, and it's looking at some of you uh, who's not where you need to be with God. Uh, he's looking at some of you uh, who's not where they ought to be uh, and they're saying I wonder if this could be the service uh, that they'd get it right with God. Uh, I wonder if this would be the service uh, that they'd finally surrender uh, it all to him. I believe that prayers are eternal things. I believe that tears are eternal things. Several years ago daddy used to tell the story a woman at a church in Silsby, Texas, uh, and her name was Sister Jackson. Everybody called her Granny Jackson. At every service, they would have you raise your hand if you had a prayer request. And they'd point at you, and uh, you'd say your prayer request. You'd let it be known before everybody. And Each and every service, Granny Jackson, during prayer request time, she'd slip her hand up. And they'd point at her and say, Sister Jackson, each and every time she would say, would you pray for my children? Would you pray for my backslidden grandchildren who aren't where they need to be with God? Would you pray that 
God would stir them. And would you pray that God would reach them? So it went on for years and years and seemed that Granny Jackson's family was getting further away from God rather than closer to God. Uh, but can I tell you that she continued praying. She continued believing God. Had such an impact on that church that the story says that uh, when the little children would get together and play church that you know, there was the pastor and there was a song leader but there would always be one in the congregation who would slip up their hand real feeble like and say, would you pray for my lost grandchildren? Would you pray for my lost children? Well, years and years went by and Granny Jackson continued praying. Can I tell you, uh, it seemed that her prayers were not producing any fruit. seems they were getting further and further away from God. Well, Granny Jackson one day fell sick. And that sickness brought her to her death. And she died and she never saw her children pray through. She never saw her grandchildren pray through. And that day came for the funeral and they wheeled that casket up to the front and uh, there was a big group of family that began to walk into the back door. and You would never guess that it was the family of the lady that was laid before them. And uh, They filed into that, that, that sanctuary that day. And as the preacher began to preach and uh, tell about Granny Jackson, he began to say that there's one thing we all remember about Granny Jackson. He said, we all remember how every service without fail, didn't matter if it was a special service, didn't matter if it was a revival service. Didn't matter if it was prayer meeting. Never service. Granny Jackson right here, she would lift up her hand and say, pray for my lost children, my lost grandchildren. He said, now we're able to see those that we've been praying for for all these years. And can I tell you that as that preacher began to preach that funeral, that conviction began to fall in that house and uh, tears began to stream from some eyes and uh, can I tell you that at the end of that funeral they came and, and they filed by that casket one by one and, and they grabbed a hold of Granny Jackson's hand uh, and they said Granny Jackson I, I know we didn't always live right and I know you've prayed for us and that we did not do uh, what we ought to do uh, but they said by the help of God uh, we're going to get it right uh, and we're going to do what we ought to do uh, hey thank God they kept their promise and that next Sunday, they begin to come in. And one by one, God began to fill them all with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hey, you may say, well, how did that happen? I've come to tell you, Granny Jackson may have been dead, but her prayers were not dead. Her lips could no longer move and say, would you save my children? Would you save my lost grandchildren? But prayers, they lived on longer than she did. She may have been dead, but her prayers were not dead. I'm telling you this morning, there's some people that have prayed for you and they've already gone on before us and you may say well they're not praying anymore oh yes they are their prayers are still in the atmosphere their prayers are still ringing in the ears of God lift your hands we'll be all over the house this morning come on God's wanting to reach somebody this morning I wonder if there's somebody that'd be sensitive this morning help us God times in your Bible you read that God would have mercy on somebody because of a covenant he had with generations before God would spare somebody because of who their daddy was and what their daddy did the prayers that their daddy prayed I'm telling you that there's prayers of this present world 
There's also prayers going on in a place called heaven. And I'm hurrying on today. But lastly today, I want to tell you about one more place where there's some prayers going on. And I want to testify to you this morning, tell you I don't believe that there are any prayers that are prayed anywhere else that are quite like these prayers. I don't believe this morning that there is any prayer going on in any other world uh, that is like the desperation you find in these prayers. Uh, and that is because today I'm here to preach to you uh, and tell you that there are some prayers going on uh, in a place called hell uh, for some individuals uh, that are in this building today. Uh, hey, today if I could take you uh, to the most horrific place uh, that has ever been in existence, uh, if I could take you to a place uh, where there's a fire that never goes out, uh, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, uh, I may not be able to get your attention. Uh, and the prayers of people around you, uh, that may not be able to get your attention. Uh, and the prayers of people uh, that have gone on before us, uh, that may be, uh, not be able uh, to get your attention. Uh, but if I can let you uh, put your ear uh, to the wall of hell, uh, I'm telling you this morning, uh, you'd hear intercession uh, like you had never heard uh, in your life. Uh, you'd hear desperation. Uh, you'd hear crying out. Uh, but let me tell you, they're crying out to a God who will not hear them. It doesn't matter how desperate they are. It doesn't matter how much they pray. There's not a God who will hear their prayer. Tell you, people in hell are praying right now. I want you to think about that. There's people in hell that are praying right now. Bible says that this rich man woke up, found himself in a place called hell. And as he was in hell, he realized that it's too late for me. It's too late for me now. I had my opportunity. So you know what he began to do in a place called hell? He began to pray for some people who still had an opportunity. He began to pray for people who still had a chance to get it right with God. Hey, I know it's uncomfortable today. I know it ain't fun to talk about, but I feel I'm pretty safe in saying that probably everybody in this building today has somebody uh, who when they died, they were not right with God. Uh, and you better believe that if you had somebody uh, who wasn't right when they uh, died and, and, and uh, they weren't right with God when they left this world uh, and they're in a place called hell, I'm telling you this morning, uh, you better mark it down that they're praying for you. Uh, it's one of the favorite tricks of the devil uh, to try to make you think you're not important uh, and you don't matter uh, and you could walk away and nobody knows notice. Hey, that's not the way that it is. There's people praying for you. Come help me. Come help me on the music. I'm almost done. I believe that there's people in hell that are praying for each and every individual that's in this building today. I've been indifferent. Evangelist quarters. I'm new. I've only been evangelizing Right at two years, and you had one particular place that I was preaching, and the evangelist quarters where I was sleeping every night was connected right there to the sanctuary. And I can remember times at midnight and one and two in the morning, I'd hear a saint walk into that house. 
75, 80-year-old saint. She'd walk into that house. And she'd begin to lift up her voice. And she'd say, God, would you reach my daughter? God, would you reach her? She's so far from where she ought to be. And as I would lay there in bed, the hairs on the back of my neck would begin to stand up. As I would hear her weeping and crying and interceding, I almost felt like I shouldn't even be in the building. There was such desperation in her prayer. There was such travail in her prayer. But I began to think that of all, out of all the intercession that I have heard in my life, and out of all the prayers I have heard that have caused goosebumps to stand up all over my body, hey, I don't believe it'd be a fraction of the prayers that are going on right now in a place called hell. I know we're in an air conditioned building this morning and we're sitting on padded pews but what you don't realize is there's some people that have gone on before us they sat exactly where you sat they had the exact opportunity that you had but they always thought I'll have another day I'll have another opportunity hey I don't usually preach like this but I felt an urgency as I was praying about this service to tell somebody judgment might be closer than you think it is I know you think everything is fine I know you think we're just going through life but I've come to sound the alarm and tell somebody you need to get it right with God stay with me and lift your hands right now please would you lift your hands right where you're at come on come on there's some of you you're right where you need to be with God Come on, everything's good with you. I know that. But I'm telling you, you're sitting by some people. They're not where they belong. They're not where they need to be with God. Come on, and you may think everything's okay. Come on. You may not be able to tell what's going on on the inside. But I'm telling you this morning, uh, God is reaching for somebody. Come on, would you help me pray just for a moment? Come on. I wonder if I've got somebody in this building uh, who still knows what old-time intercession's about. Come on. Intercession ain't about praying for yourself. uh, But intercession is about getting on your face uh, and praying for somebody else. Come on, I'm pulling for somebody. If you feel the pull of the Holy Ghost, uh, I'm asking you to step out of where you are right now and make your way to this altar. Come on, there's mercy here for you. There's grace here for you. Come on, I'm telling you, there's people praying for you. There's people pulling for you. There's people interceding for you. Come on, you won't be able to say God never tried to reach me. You won't be able to say God never tried to pull for me. You won't be able to say God never had somebody uh, who shed a tear for me. Uh, You've got people in this building uh, right now uh, who are praying for you. Come on, I'm asking you to lift up your voice right now. Come on, saints of God. Come on, I wonder if I've got any pillars in the church. I wonder if I've got any white-headed saints and and gray-headed saints uh, who still know what it is to intercede. Come on, there's some young people tonight. uh, They're not where they need to be with God. There's some adults in this building tonight. uh, You're not where you need to be with God. Hey, you've got to let God stir you. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let me hear your voice this morning. Come on, let me hear your voice this morning. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, saints. Come on, lift it up just a little bit. Come on, open up your mouth and pray just a little bit. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Somebody's praying for you. Come on. 
Somebody's interceding before you, ma'am. Come on. You may feel that you're all alone. You may feel that you're by yourself. Come on, but you better hear the preacher this morning. God loves you. Come on. There's saints that are praying for you. There's people believing for you. Come on. I'm asking everybody to close your eyes right now. Come on, no looking around. Would you close your eyes? Come on. Come on, God's speaking to people right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray. Lift up your voice. Let's pray. Come on, today, Holy Ghost. <laughs> Come on, young people. Come on, young people. Come on, we're praying for you. Come on. Come on, parents. Come on, you've been praying, but one more time, why don't you pray again? Come on. I know you've been believing, but why don't you lift up your voice and believe again? Come on. You've been interceding. You've been pleading for somebody. You just keep on praying. You just keep on believing. I'm telling you, God's working on them. God's ministering to them. Come on, let's pray.